0: The following podcast is intended for general information and entertainment purposes only. It should not be substituted for professional medical or psychological advice. Before beginning or changing a treatment plan, please consult your local healthcare professional.
1: Welcome back, devoted listeners. Should we call them
0: biopsychosocialites?
1: I think I, better than biopsychosocialists. that's probably that's probably uh, not <laughs> that's probably not a good idea. Uh, it would be to some people but not to others. And you know, we want to try to have broad appeal. actually, we're, we're a very liberal podcast.
0: <laughs> and we're still biopsychosocially distant.
1: Yes, we are. yes, we are. We are still in our own private domiciles.
0: Hmm. how is your weekend going um it's going it's going pretty well
1: um i got a new mattress yesterday so that was pretty awesome Ooh, yeah. yeah so it involved hauling the old one into um i now have a spare room so that's pretty cool and putting the new mattress on and stuff so there was that was that and that was pretty cool the new mattress is so firm it's my dream come true
0: oh i hate that you hate the firm mattress I have to have a little bit of plush.
1: Oh, I need I the closer I can get to a rock, the happier that I'll be because (laughs) I have terrible back pain. Oh yeah, I yeah every every bone in my body hurts. So a nice rock would be lovely to sleep on. Um, And I went to a birthday party parade for um, a friend of mine, her son. So that was cool. Yeah, that was and plus I you know I've run a lot too. I'm training for a half marathon. Mm-hmm. so I'm doing that so what have you been up to this weekend
0: well I had a girl's night last night with my cousin nice and today me Clover and Luna have just had a, a lazy Sunday uh, which has been really nice that sounds amazing. and it's perfect it is a chilly fall New England day so it's kind of perfect for just snuggling up together love a cold chilly fall, fall New England day that's like the best ever I may try to make butternut squash soup later on. Oh, you. F- I don't know how adventurous I'm feeling. But. Go ahead, girl. You fancy. <laughs> I have the butternut squash in my fridge from Trader Joe's. I just don't know. Nice. <laughs> so we'll see. Nice. It's a
1: good day for soup. It is. Every day is a good day for soup. I am a big believer in That's soup. True.
0: This is true. This is
1: true. So, what are you regaling on us today, Miss Kayla?
0: Well, I couldn't fi- uh, figure out like a succinct name for it, as you may, ta- may have noticed yeah. um, from the title of this recording. <laughs> um, cool. But I I really wanted to cover some sort of psychological disorders um, that are interesting to people. Mm-hmm. And so I went around online and I was looking at all of these listicles, mm-hmm. these list, list articles for those of you who aren't in the know. I do love a listicle. And I found a lot of similar topics in each one of them. So like a lot of them listed the same psychological disorders. And you know me well enough to know that when people throw around clinical terms that they don't really understand, it really pisses me you off. You texted me about it earlier this week. <laughs> I did. And um, it also makes me angry when they sensationalize things. Yes like, ooh, this is so scary. I hope I don't get it one day. And it's like, you're, you have a better chance of winning the lottery. Like, it's not going to happen. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. So anyways, I kind of put together a list of the disorders that I saw most frequently. And um i got actual information about that <gasps> instead of just like the sensationalistic you know that's hey this
1: is what it is that sounds, fan- that sounds fantastic because like the because here's the thing with the internet although it's a lovely resource like everybody has a degree in everything now
0: mm-hmm.
1: granted we uh There's- we we didn't just google things and that's why we can practice our uh <laughs> are given professions and fields no we had we had to go to real school and for a very long time and get recertified and things and learn stuff because hey even when you get a degree everything is changing so what happened Mm -hmm. in 1978 is not true now what happened in 2018 is not true now necessarily so this
0: is useful exactly but I think even both of our, well, obviously your profession, but mine as well, are kind of subject to those: a armchair psychologist, and b people who um, did five minutes of research on Google and now they know more than I do. Doctor <laughs> Dr. WebMD, I know them. Yes, I always tell my clients, "Don't ask Doctor Google," and they just yeah. laugh and they're like, "No, I won't." I'm like, "You better not."
1: I will actually give my patients like a list of websites that are mm-hmm. credible. Yep. I'm like, if you need to Google something, or if you insist on doing further research on this, which is fine, you should be an informed consumer,
0: go here. I actually, um, when I was looking up information for one of these, I came across a Reddit post. Um, and one of the comments was like, well, I think they had schizophrenia, because blah, blah, blah. And I, it was one, of, I'll get to it later, Yeah, of why, why it made me angry, because I'll, I don't want to give away what it is. yet. Okay. Oh, snap. So, anyways, let's get started. So, the first one is called copgrass syndrome or capgrass syndrome. Mm-hmm. I don't really know how to pronounce it. But it's the irrational belief that someone you know has been replaced by an imposter. They can also project this belief onto animals or in a- inad- inanimate objects. And it's commonly associated with Alzheimer's disease and dementia, mm-hmm. as well as schizophrenia, or in rare cases, a brain injury that causes cerebral lesions. Hmm. So treatment involves addressing the underlying neurological cause obviously. Mm-hmm. Um so, this is I found this interesting. Sometimes what's called validation therapy is used wherein the delusions are treated as truth. So like, "Yep, that's not really Jordan, that's an imposter wearing a Jordan suit." That's kind of um I could see that being used more
1: with um, folks with Alzheimer's or dementia because you're really, because you're not going to, you can't reverse the cause of Alzheimer's or dementia. It's Mm -hmm. a progressive disease. And it used to be the belief, it used to be the standard of care to try to redirect them, but you can't, you cannot redirect them. You can't bring them back to reality. The notebook is false. You know, you can't read the (laughs) read to me and I'll come back to you. That's not how this whole thing works. Um, And it and um, a lot of aggression and a lot of um, mm-hmm. behavior, uh, you know, behavioral acts can result from it. So the standard of care and the best practices join them in their reality. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you know, it's a 90 year old woman. Oh, your parents are still at work. Okay. What do they do for work? You must be really scared. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. kind of the.
0: Because it, d- in doing something like that, you can address the the cause of their distress. Yeah. So if they're sad over their parents being at work, you can, you know, treat that. What was I going to say? I mean, you can, you can prolong the uh, memory that they have by practicing things and reciting things and mm-hmm. showing them pictures and things like that. But you're You can't, it's a degenerative disease. Correct. There's nothing you can do. Correct. But it also, treatment also involves a lot of reality checking and reorienting mm-hmm. to person, place and time. Mm-hmm. So kind of that reminder of like, this is your name, this is your age, this is where you are, that kind of thing. You're safe here. You are safe, exactly, you're safe here. We are taking care of you. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next one is called Cotard's Delusion. And it's the belief that your body parts are dead, dying, or do not exist. Oh, So the main symptom is, is it nihilism? Yeah, nihilism. I never know how to pronounce it, mm-hmm. which is when you just, like, don't give a shit about anything or anyone. Like, you've just kind of given up. Yeah. And this is kind of, I think that another name for this is like a, a walking corpse um, delusion. Hmm. So as you you think that you're dead, basically. So it may be a meta, a metaphorical feeling of being dead. Like I, I've never existed at all. Or it may be a literal biological feeling. Like my organs are rotting away. Mm. That's really creepy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Again, folks, these very, are very, 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 rare. very rare. But a lot of them are plots to movies. So... Yeah, so it feels like that it could happen. Yeah, some of the risk factors are being um, over the age of fifty. It's more likely to occur in women. Mm-hmm. Um, it can happen in children and teenagers, but those who develop it under the age of twenty five are likely to have bipolar co- comorbid diagnosis, um, which means a comorbidity. Folks means that you have are diagnosed with two things at the same time, which is common or or more. Yeah. Similarly to Capgras syndrome, mm-hmm. risk is increased with psychotic disturbances such as schizophrenia and brain injury. Makes sense. It's not officially recognized as a disease, and therefore there's no diagnostic criteria, mm-hmm. which is another thing. By the way, these are all listed as like in these listicles, they're all like, oh, psychological disorders. But not, almost all of these do not have a listing in the DSM, and almost all of them have neurological or biological Causes. They, so they're not psychological <laughs> disorders. <laughs> they seem more like symptoms. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And the other thing I, I forgot to point out in the beginning is that the thing that stands out to me um, is that these are all delusions or, or disorders of sensation and perception. Mm-hmm. So, of, of course, sensation being the way that we experience the world through our senses, and perception being the way that our brain interprets those sensations. <laughs> So you're kind of getting your wires crossed when it comes to things in the environment around you or the stimuli around hmm. you. But back to walking corpse disease here. <laughs> the best the best treatment appears to be electroconvulsive therapy. Hmm. Our old friend. And the uh, diagnosis increases the risk of suicide. So I'm assuming you're kind of wanting to Combine your delusion with reality and end your life. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Nihilism, not caring
1: about anything, not caring right. about yourself can be you know, a symptom of depression, which could unfortunately lead to ending your own life.
0: Mm-hmm. So the next one is called Stenthal syndrome. Mm-hmm. And have you ever walked into an art museum and been very moved by a work of art? Yes. Um, so tell me about what that experience was like.
1: It was Jackson. It was Jackson Pollock and MoMA. Um, I've liked Jackson Pollock since I was a kid. So walking in and being in the presence with that gigantic painting was very overwhelming. Uh, I teared up. Um, I just sat and stared at it for a long time. Got really close to it and just examined it. And it was it was a positive experience. It was just a very moving. A lot of emotions.
0: Gratitude that
1: this exists. Gratitude that I was there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I was in the Tate Gallery in London Mm -hmm. and I saw a painting by John William Waterhouse and he's one of my favorite painters. And Mm -hmm. I gasped. It was like I saw a celebrity. I was like, I couldn't believe how big the painting was. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just kind of stood there and stared at it for a while. Like, I can't believe I'm in the presence of this famous painting.
1: (laughs) It's like how they have like benches in front of some paintings because you just need to like sit and absorb it for a while.
0: Exactly. So Stendhal syndrome is when an individual is exposed to objects, artworks, or phenomena of great beauty. They experience rapid heartbeat, fainting, confusion, and even hallucinations.
1: That doesn't seem too odd. It doesn't.
0: Um, And my interpretation of this is like, I think it's really normal to be moved emotionally by art. Mm -hmm. So I think this is kind of almost just people being very hyperbolic almost. (laughs) Right.
1: Or awestruck because all it, listen, all you are is missing lunch and we could have easily been on the floor. Uh, Right. right. You know, you it's, you know, what condition your condition is in when you see something of great beauty or great movement or just how your body responds to it. I think, you know, being like, what? What? Uh, Like, you know, kind of being thrown off your game, like almost like starstruck.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Or, you know, meeting a celebrity and not knowing what to say to them.
0: Or when people meet a celebrity, and they just become so overwhelmed with emotions that they cry. And then they're like, why did I cry? That was dumb. (laughs) No, it's and it's not though, you just become so like, like, you know, you just can't believe it. Yeah, exactly. So this was first described by 19th century French author Stendhal, um, which was the pseudonym of I'm going to try my best. Marie-Henri Bale. That was good. He described this experience with this phenomenon during his 1817 visit to Florence when he visited, visited the Basilica of Santa Croce, where Niccolo Machiavelli, uh, Michelangelo, and Galileo Galilei are buried. He mm-hmm. was overcome with profound emotion. I think that's fair. Yeah. So although it is not recognized as a disease and therefore not listed in the DSM-5, the staff at Florence's Santa Maria (laughs) Nuova Hospital are accustomed to tourists suffering from dizzy spells or disorientation after viewing the Statue of David, the artworks of the Uffizi Gallery, and other historic relics of the Tuscan city.
1: I think that's that's fair. And even Ron Swanson himself
0: said tears are only acceptable at funerals in the Grand Canyon. There you go. Yeah, I mean, that's actually a really good point because I've experienced something similar when seeing, like, natural beauty. Well, I guess that's part of this, too. <laughs> right. It's, you know, it's,
1: I think seeing the David would be very emotional because it's so mm-hmm. old. How many people have stared at that? You know, it's existed through so many periods and eras and times and
0: right been been war. Yeah,
1: that's, that's very, that's very emotional. And some people, like they think of that, like the thoughts go through their head, that thought goes through their head, you know, as soon as they're viewing that. And so that's very, very emotional. Mm
0: -hmm. I think for a lot of people, too, there's a religious aspect to some pieces of art. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember when we went to the St. Peter's Cathedral, Mm -hmm. when I was in Rome, and my friend Laura kind of commented, like, isn't it amazing that these works of art are inspired by God? Like, and I was like, Oh damn, I never thought of it that way. (laughs) Like, yeah, that is really amazing. Like, yeah. Like uh, the letters that are on top of the basilica on the inside are eight feet tall. Each letter is eight (laughs) feet tall. That's pretty, that's pretty unreal. Well, it's real, buddy. It's that's crazy. Um, so a more recent account of Santol syndrome was in 2018, where a visitor to the Uffizi gallery in Florence suffered a heart attack while admiring Botticelli's birth of Venus. That's fair. That's a really beautiful painting.
1: Yeah, that's, it is a beautiful, I've never seen it in person, but it is a beautiful painting. And I guess if you had a fragile heart, that could do it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. What a way to go. Wait, (laughs) did did they die?
0: I don't think so. Oh, well then. Oh, then I would tell that story at parties. So the next one is one I actually have some personal experience with. Ooh. Um, it's called Alice in Wonderland Syndrome. Oh, And it causes temporary episodes of distorted perception and disorientation where one feels larger or smaller than they actually are. Surrounding objects may appear to shift and seem closer or further away than they actually are. I thought you were going to say this
1: because you were the Mad Hatter for Halloween once. Well, that too. That too
0: No, I I remember being a kid, and I actually have this very specific memory of Mm -hmm. sitting in my great-grandmother's house and bending down to tie my shoe, and all of a sudden, I felt like everything around me was getting really, really big, and I was getting really, really small. Oh. It was very few and far between that this would happen to me, but – It was a very scary sense of like loss of control. Like I can't close my eyes and open them again. And even now, as I'm telling it to you, I can remember that the sense, the sensation that it caused, the feeling that it caused, which is really scary. That's got to be so scary. So um, it's a rare disorder that primarily affects children who typically grow out of it. Mm -hmm. It's comorbid with migraine headaches and maybe a subtype of migraine headaches. But I've never had a migraine. So So it involves micropsia, which is the sensation that your body or objects around you are growing smaller or macropsia, which is the sensation that your body or objects around you are growing larger. Hmm. Individuals may experience a loss of perception of time, loss of control over limbs and sound distortion as well. Hmm. Doctors and researchers are still unclear on the cause it is possibly linked to abnormal electrical activity in the brain causing abnormal blood flow to the parts responsible for sensation and perception. It may also be the result of infection or migraines, but more than half of study cases had no known cause. Other factors may be stress, epilepsy, or brain tumor, among others. I was, I came out the womb with anxiety. So I think for me, it was probably uh, a a cause, like a side effect of anxiety. I also had night terrors probably around the same age, um, which also subsided. So it was probably something like that uh, for me anyways. Mm. But yeah, you'll be happy to know that it doesn't happen to me anymore. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> um, I don't know if I would ever be able to convince like a doctor or medical professional that I had this thing, especially mm-hmm. because like there's no cause and there's no, it's not like an official diagnosis or anything like that, but I did. So
1: <laughs> no, that's terrible. <laughs> That's funny. You s- so when I was, I have chronic vertigo. I've had vertigo forever. It comes in waves on and off and I'm really susceptible to it. When I was little, I remember getting out of my bed and falling. And I remember telling my parents, I think my, I think my floor is sideways. And they were like, uh, they were like, excuse, they were like, what? Cause I was little. That's how I verbalized it. I said, my yeah. floor is, I'm like, my floor is sideways. Cause I fell over. And that's exactly how vertigo feels. <laughs> yeah. My floor is sideways. What? <laughs> So, you know, it's our, you know, our perception is, you know, we're so easy to say you're a kid, you know, of course, everything feels bigger, everything feels smaller. So it,
0: you Mm -hmm. know, yeah, this is also why uh, Jordan could never come with me to a 3d movie. Correct. I'm a, I'm a cheap date, you know, to
1: buy the IMAX. Oh, God, I can't even Yeah, it's, it's better
0: as I get older.
1: I just, you know, sometimes I just suck it up and eat a ginger candy if I really want to do something. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. But 3D movies, it's not worth it.
0: Do you get it if you're up really high? Like if you go to a, uh, if you climbed a hill or a mountain or something like that? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I have to like hold the wall. Like if I've like been on, I've been on really high levels of buildings and I've had to hold Mm -hmm. onto the wall. I actually, when I was in nursing school, we were in a large hospital and our professor, Mm -hmm. our professor was like, everybody, we're going on a, you know. We were in the hospital, and she's like, I'm taking you guys somewhere special. And she brought us to the roof of the hospital for Lifestar, which was awesome, but I was, like, falling everywhere.
0: Oh, God, yeah. I was like,
1: yeah, so we were on the roof of the hospital, which was gorgeous. It was in a large town, um, so you could see. It was actually in the capital of the state that I went to school in, and it was gorgeous
0: it was unbelievable Mm -hmm. but my gosh i was bumping into everything Mm -hmm. (laughs) i i just get the sense when i'm up really high of like you're definitely gonna fall even if that's not a possibility (laughs) which i think is very like innate thing you know it's true so anyways uh next one is interesting body integrity dysphoria oh which is the desire to lose a limb oh yep I feel like I've heard so, of this. So there was a movie, a very underrated horror. I guess I would be a horror movie. I don't know. It's called, Ameri- it's called American Mary. Mm-hmm. And no, it's not a snuff film. Okay. <laughs> it's about a medical student who is um, strapped, for, I believe this, strapped for cash, as you are in medical school because it costs a lot of money. Yes. Um and so she gets involved in this kind of like underground scene where uh, people are having voluntary amputations. And ah! stuff like that. I thought it was really good.
1: I was thinking of Elsa Mars in an American horror story. Which one is that? Freak Show. Oh, I don't remember. She was I want
0: my thing my thing with my relationship with American horror story is that I get really excited and watch the first like 3 or 4 episodes and then I'm like this is stupid. Oh, um, right. me too. <laughs> me too. It like
1: depends <laughs> And I, oh my gosh, I have commitment issues with shows terribly. Yeah. So yeah, so I kind of like that it's a different plot every season. So I can decide for myself whether I want to watch it. So yes, far, that's true. Coven. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. that's and, my th- And the first one too. The um, Haunted, and, what's the Haunted House? It's Murder yeah, House.
1: Murder House. I didn't like that one. I liked Freak, Don't Come At Me. I loved Freak Show. That was a pretty good one though. Yeah. And I liked Asylum because obviously.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, back to, Body integrity dysphoria. So yes. I don't know if you've ever read about this, th- but there was a lady who deliberately injected like cleaner into her eyeballs so that Ew. she would go blind. Ew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, that would be body integrity dysphoria. Um, but it's associated with the sense of the body part not belonging to the self and therefore the wish to amputate. Huh. It's almost like the, the opposite of phantom limb. Like yeah, you have, you right. have the limb. Or you're like, I shouldn't have the limb.
1: Yeah, it's well, the phantom limb is actually it's a form of pain.
0: Oh, ew! It's like, it's like a neuropathic pain. Um, So not always, but sometimes there is a sexual aspect to for the desire for amputation or prosthetics. Ah, okay. Um, I, which, which do your thing. I mean, do your thing. I, I got the sense, though, that that's kind of like a small percentage of people. However, the age of onset is approximately eight to 12 years old, which is like right before puberty. Eh. Uh, And at this stage, it's not typically linked to sexuality. It's more common in men. And people with this diagnosis commonly knew amputees as children and did not seek treatment until adulthood, which is like, I mean, how do you explain that as a kid? I want my limbs cut off. Eh. (laughs) Um, It has very little association with trauma. So it's not believed to be linked with any kind of trauma. Okay, that's yeah. And it has a weak association with personality disorders, which I I was thinking about it after I read that. And um, I can um, I can see it being linked with dependent personality disorder. Uh, Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So like, you know, cut off my arms, and then I need somebody Somebody else to take care of me for the rest of my life. Even though there are people who um, incidentally have amputation or they're born without limbs Mm -hmm. and they like rock it. They just live their lives. They live a very
1: full, absolutely, which is awesome.
0: Yes, it is. But those are also the people that didn't want that to happen. Correct, correct. So anyways, check out American Mary. Um, And our next one is a favorite of mine. Oh, clinical lycanthropy. Now what's the app, Bubby? Lycanthropy um, is when you are a werewolf. (laughs) <laughs> oh, of course, that's your favorite. So yeah, so this is rare, but it's a, a essentially a subcategory of delusional disorder, mm-hmm. where one believes that they're a werewolf, and they 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 can you can also believe that you're a cow. That's called boanthropy. That makes sense. There are people who believe that they were snakes, uh, boars, horses, like all sorts of different things.
1: Which do you, boo boo? Unless. <laughs> Unless it's hurting somebody else, unless you're going to ram somebody.
0: Well, we'll get there. Oh, God. So one important factor may be the differences or changes in parts of the brain known to be involved in representing body shape. Oh. And a neuroimaging study of two people diagnosed with clinical lycanthropy showed that these areas display unusual activation, suggesting that when people report their bodies are changing shape, they may genuinely be perceiving these feelings. Yes. So they really they really experience that hmm. um, which again, you know that that crossing wires of the sensation and perception. So of course, this can be caused or exacerbated by hallucinogenic drugs, MDMA, PCP mm-hmm. which is why you're never going to catch me doing any
1: mushrooms, nah.
0: LSD, anything like that. Um, nah. Especially because if you have a genetic predisposition to schizophrenia or any other psychotic disorders, you can literally give yourself schizophrenia if you take a hallucinogenic drug. Really? It's rare, rare. It's rare but it happens in yeah. people who are genetically predisposed. Huh. And the, and why would you risk that if you didn't need to? Exactly. So uh, pretty much what it's doing in that case is it's um, rushing the onset of the disorder. So, whereas you may have developed symptoms at 35, if you drop acid or whatever, yeah, at 28, then you're gonna you're gonna get it at 28 instead. Huh? That's yes. I didn't. I never knew that. Look at all the things we're learning. <laughs> uh, I forget what the name. It's a diagnosis in the DSM. I forget what it's called. Anyways, so oh. treatments for delusional disorder include medication, which is a must. Yes. And uh, probably a model like CBTP, which is Cognitive Behavioral Therapy for Psychosis, um, mm-hmm. which involves a lot of reality checking. You know, is that really what's happening? Can you show me evidence of that? That kind of a thing. Oh, I like that. Yes. A famous example, quote unquote, well, I'm not going to tell you where he's from. Before I before I give you this example, where in the United States do you think this guy is from? Florida. Florida man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Austin Haruf, I think his name is, Ugh. who murdered a couple in broad daylight and chewed the face off of one of them. Okay, that's not okay. If
1: you think you're a werewolf, that's fine. I'll get you a nice plaid shirt. You're not murdering people. We'll, we'll get you a spiked collar. <laughs> or whatever shirt Michael J. Fox was wearing in the werewolf movie. Like, Was
0: not he wearing a Letterman jacket? Yeah, get you a Letterman jacket. Don't eat anybody's face off. So this was originally this attack was originally thought to be the result of drug use, like something like wild, like spice or bath salts or bath something. salts. Yeah. But no drugs were found in his system ah. that could be tested for anyways, Ah, which is an important point for the folks at home. If you do some sort of drugs and then you end up in the hospital, be honest with the people treating you that you've done drugs because they can't necessarily test for every sort of designer drug that exists nowadays core. So you need to tell them just in case they're giving you something that could interact and kill you. And they wouldn't know.
1: Yes. Yeah, so your local healthcare provider do they don't care.
0: Just tell us. <laughs> just, <laughs> just need to keep you safe. Uh, so the next one is for goalie syndrome, which is the delusional belief that one or more familiar persons, usually uh, persecutors, Following the patient repeatedly changed their appearance. So if I thought that you were stalking me, uh-huh. and my sister came over, I would be like, "No, you're Jordan, but you're pretending that you're my sister." That kind of a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so in contrast to capgrass delusion, the yeah. individual thinks different people are in, in fact, the same person. Oh, again, yeah. big plot in the nineties. Yeah. Um. Yeah, actually, it makes me think of um. Face off. <laughs> no, it makes me think of Jacob's ladder a little bit. Oh, I don't know if you've ever seen that. Again, a fantastic movie. No, There's a lot of like the feeling of being followed and paranoia and uh, the sense of like not knowing who who's around you, like shadows and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. It's um, it's it's really about combat PTSD, essentially. Yeah. Oh, after, that's, that's really after the, the protagonist comes back from uh, Vietnam. Oh, that's really scary and really sad. And I'm sure it happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Especially to Vietnam veterans. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Anyway. <laughs> so this disorder can be explained by associative nodes. So the associative nodes serve as a biological link of information about other people with a particular familiar face, familiar to the patient. Mm-hmm. This means that for any face that is similar to a rec- recognizable face to the patient, the patient will recall that face as the person that they know. So any person that shares your features, I would think, is Jordan. So every every girl with like dark features, dark hair. (laughs) Milky white skin, light eyes, all that stuff. Yeah. Yep. Because of this crossing of the wires, the person can also inaccurately remember events, objects, and places. So it's like the, don't I know you from somewhere? No. Yeah. Oh, you must have a familiar face because I have Frigoli syndrome. <laughs> Next time somebody says that to me, I'm going to go, do you have Fregoli syndrome? It also made me think of, um, I remember watching a documentary in undergrad about a disorder where you can't recognize faces anymore. Mm-hmm. So like that part of our brain that says, okay, like two eyes, a nose and a mouth, that's a face. stops yep. working. So everybody oh. just looks like they have nothing on their face.
1: I think there was. I don't think you were watching a documentary. That was an episode of "Are You Afraid of the Dark."
0: <laughs> it was essentially uh, the haunting of Bly Manor. But anyways, nice. <laughs> so, and that's not a spoiler, guys. But anyways, no. it's believed it could be caused by L-dopa treatment, which is usually for Parkinson's. I was going to say that's Parkinson's drug. And L-dopa, to so excess amounts of dopamine. That are caused by L-Dopa, which is helpful for uh, Parkinson's symptoms, mm-hmm. can also cause solu- uh, hallucinations, delusions, that sort of thing. Huh. Um, it's kind of like the – I feel like I've talked about this before because I, I find it I really fascinating. I think you have too. The Parkinson's and schizophrenia are like the opposites of yep. each other. Mm-hmm. So, the medication used for schizophrenia to reduce the amount of dopamine causes tardive dyskinesia, which is similar to Parkinson's in that it involves yes, it involuntary movement of the limbs. So, I think that's,
1: I think, I think you've brought that up too. And I think that's interesting as well. I always think it is. That. Yeah.
0: It can also be caused by traumatic brain injury, particularly to the front, right frontal lobe mm-hmm. and the left temporal lobes. Yep. There's found to be significant damage to the memory recall process as well as executive functions such as self-monitoring, mental flexibility, and social reasoning. It also creates the illusion of positive doubles where there's an over familiarity with the environment. So imagine deja vu, but all the time. Ugh. That would be terrible. Yeah, that would be terrible. Well, oh, that's such a, a creepy feeling. Of like, it is. Can I dream this? Like, how do, why does this feel so familiar? Yeah, I don't like that. I wonder why. Oh, that's another podcast as to why that happens. That's, that's <laughs> another, another episode. That's another podcast for another day. Uh, so the next one is Foy Ado. Foi Ado. God bless, I have no you. Idea. God bless you. Thank you. Or madness for two. Oh. F- Folia do? No, that doesn't sound right.
1: Madness oh. for two.
0: That's another name for this podcast. Yes. It's known as a shared psychosis or shared delusional disorder, which, you know, still mm-hmm. makes sense for us. Yes. Um, it's a psychiatric syndrome in which symptoms of a delusional belief and sometimes hallucinations are transmitted from one individual to another. Huh. So the famous case of this is um, Ursula and Sabina Erickson. Mm -hmm. They are Swedish twin sisters, um, and they were traveling through the UK where they were kicked off of a bus in England due to their behavior. And after police were contacted, they both ran across the M6 motorway. Both of them were injured, obviously, because they just ran across a freaking highway. Oh, yeah. And in the hospital, they were screaming back and forth to each other. They were abusive towards staff. They were saying things like they're going to steal your organs.
1: Uh, what else is now
0: sabina or sabina left the hospital in search of her twin sister and came across glenn holland's head and peter malloy malloy notes that she was behaving erratically so for instance she offered them cigarettes and then snatched them away claiming that they might be poisoned uh despite this holland's head offered to let her stay with him She displayed paranoid behavior once in the home with him, leading him to believe that she had escaped an abusive relationship. Like she was constantly looking out the window. Like she was very hypervigilant, hyper, hyper, hyper hyper hypervigilant. Yes. Oh, thanks. Let's see what else. So the next morning she fatally stabbed Holland's head and escaped Mm -hmm. being caught on CCTV, running down the road and hitting herself with a hammer in the head. Oh, ow. She was tried and convicted of murder. Um, Her sister was not obviously because her sister didn't do anything yeah this happened in 2008 by the way oh wow neither of the women had any mental health issues prior to this event and were living separately Mm -hmm. ursula in the united states and sabina with her partner and children in ireland okay wow but you know what i found interesting that they didn't i couldn't find any information in the articles as to whether or not they were identical twins or uh, fraternal twins Mm -hmm. because i think it would be interesting if there was some sort of link due to the fact that like, if they're identical twins, they would share their DNA, all of their DNA. Yeah, that isn't that would be interesting. Mm -hmm. Because I know we hear all the time about twins sharing thoughts and Mm -hmm. completing each other's sentences and things like that and and feeling things that the other twin feels. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't It's interesting that they're sharing this psychiatric or uh, psychosis with each other, but Mm -hmm. I guess not based on like anecdotal evidence, based on anecdotal evidence from other twins, I guess it's not really that surprising.
1: Yeah. And even though they behave differently, even the same disorder manifests differently from person to person. Mm -hmm. So they could be predisposed to the same thing and how it manifests
0: can be so this was the one where someone on Reddit was like, oh, I think they both had schizophrenia. And I wanted to be like, listen, Ugh. okay? Schizophrenia is not the only disorder where you can have psychosis. It's a standalone diagnosis. It could be part of bipolar disorder. It could be because of trauma. It could, like, it could be because of a UTI, for God's sake. Get the fuck down. <laughs> That's all I wanted to say. I had to rant about that a little bit. Yes. Which is also why we should all be very careful not to believe Or take everything we read on the internet as hard fact. Because there are people that, like, think that they know things that they know nothing about. Yeah. So the last one, um, I actually didn't see on any of the lists, but I find it really fascinating and creepy. Mm -hmm. Um, It's called dissociative fugue. Oh. So imagine waking up one day and not knowing who you are or remembering anything at all about your life. So... This type of fugue state has caused some people to leave their lives and start completely new ones, often very different from the ones that they currently lead. And I remember in my undergrad's uh, abnormal psychology class, my professor describing it as like, you wake up one day, you don't know who you are, where you are. So you leave, Mm -hmm. you know, so you're you're living in Connecticut, you're living in Connecticut, you move to California, and you start a new job as like, I don't know, a waitress or something like that. and. Mm -hmm. You're living your life like that, blah, 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 whatever. You have a new name. And then one day while you're in California, you wake up and you're like, what the fuck am I doing here? Yep. So you come out of it. Walter White faked one of these on Breaking Bad. I never saw it. Oh, I got to watch um, it. It was,
1: it was a good one.
0: But, you know, the and this could you could snap out of it days, months, years after it starts. Oh, my God. Oh. Yes. I mean, there's a, if you look it up on on Google, this is one thing I am telling you to Google, there's a whole bunch of very interesting cases of people who, you know, they went missing. Mm -hmm. And then they turned up again, (laughs) because that's how it happens. Google approved. Google approved. So it's incredibly rare, again. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the only ones that's purely psychological. Yeah, it is often the result of exposure to severe prolonged trauma. Mm -hmm. either experienced directly or witnessed, and it's often sexual trauma. So that's what we would, we might call that complex PTSD because it's severe and prolonged.
1: And that makes sense. The body wants to get away from a situation that it's in. So it puts itself to sleep and says, okay, we're going to go now. It like hits the reset button.
0: I do want to emphasize this is not repression. This is dissociation. So dissociation is when you completely detach from your thoughts, your feelings, your Everything. So in, in this case, you're detaching from your entire life so that you don't have to think about the trauma. That makes sense. its It doesn't go away, though. It's not repression. No. It's almost like putting a curtain between you and the trauma. That's how I would think of um, dissociation.
1: It's like putting yourself in the witness protection program. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. That's a good way to think of it, too. Thanks. <laughs> so treatment involves establishing safety. Mm-hmm which is common with um, treatment for trauma assisting with memory recall and processing the trauma outlook is good when treatment is sought soon after symptoms arise. So famous examples of dissociative fugue would be Sybil who had how many bajillion personalities Mm -hmm. and Agatha Christie had a a fugue episode. Really? She went missing and then returned. She sure enough did. She sure enough did. Thank you Agatha for coming back. (laughs) we appreciate it we do i was just um i well i just finished writing this like right before we started recording Mm -hmm. so i was i was just looking up agatha christie and i I always think of um murder she wrote and angela lansbury and watching it with my great-grandmother at her house
1: (laughs) murder she wrote a lot of murders happened in that very little town i know It was probably, uh, Angela
0: Lansbury. That's, it was her fault. The the murder capital of the world, this like picturesque, lovely little town. She was making the murders happen so that she could get paid to solve them. Popular theory. (laughs) But anyways, that's, that's all, that's all she wrote. That's all all, she wrote.
1: That's all murder she wrote. I should do one of these for,
0: I should do one of these for medical conditions. You should. Yep. I would love for you to do an episode on, what is it? Toxopla- Toxoplasmosis Gandhi. Is that it? Toxoplasmosis Gandhi. I'll have to look it isn't, up. Hang on. Isn't it? I think that's the one that you can get from litter boxes. Yeah. That causes um, that causes crazy cat lady syndrome, basically. Nice. <laughs> is that
1: it? Yeah, it is Toxoplasmosis Gandhi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's very rare. Um, Actually, I work with immunosuppressed people, so we tell them not to clean out litter boxes. So that, (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah, it's like an opportunistic illness. Yeah, basically, it's like an opportunistic illness. It's
0: so fascinating, though, how it works. To it changes behavior of people, so you'll never know you have it. You could be diagnosed with, say, like bipolar disorder, and it's actually this um, parasite. Really. yes (laughs) Yes,
1: <laughs> I'll have to do an episode. Like now, I got to do an episode on that.
0: That's why it's so interesting to me, because it, it's the reason it's called crazy cat lady diseases. Because you know, you get it, you could get it from cat feces, and then it changes the way that you behave. Huh?
1: Yes, I guess that makes good sense. Maybe we've had it this whole time. We probably no. I don't want to say we no, probably no don't no. I'm, I'm sure we don't no. I am sure we don't. So so you got to ask me a random question. It's your I turn. I know. I know um, you're-
0: How oh, no, that's no that's too depressing. I don't no, to do that. it. No, I don't. <laughs> I was going to ask you what your plans were to get through a lockdown in the winter. Oh, uh same as usual. I bought a
1: ton of clothes so I can run in the cold weather. All right. That's good. Yeah, I bought a lot of Under Armour. That's how I plan on getting through it. And a hat. I bought a hat, Under Armour, and a puffer vest. Um, I got the puffer vest on uh, thread up, so I got it for really cheap. So I bought it with the sole purpose to run in the cold. That is how I'm getting through lockdown.
0: Good. Yeah. How about you? I wish. Well, I don't like the cold, which is what I'm a little bit nervous about, because you won't catch me outside when it's cold out. Yeah, I don't care. I have care. to be there. Yeah. So I have this little like alcove area in my place and I'm planning on like putting some string lights up and making like a little cozy reading corner Oh, nice! um, by the window so that I can have like a little bit of escapism, I guess, Mm -hmm. every now and then. Um, And it also feels like since I don't sit over there very often, it kind of feels like I'm in a different place. Oh, that's cool. That's a good, that's a really good idea. But I highly suggest, and I'm working on this with a lot of my clients, um, that you have a plan for the winter because- you know, it's too cold to do anything outside. You can't go to the park. You can't go to the beach and restaurants, movies, malls are closed. Again, we're going to have to really, mm-hmm. and, and especially if there's a spike and we can't be with our families, correct. We're going to have a problem. So we need to plan for that.
1: Yeah. and I It's going to be harder going. I think I've just running has really been a godsend. So I think continuing that is going to be most important for me because I still, um, just because of my line of work, I still really haven't been around. Um, I still really haven't been around my family or my friends, except yeah. in outdoor settings.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. <sighs> but, you know, we'll get through it one way or another. We will. We have to. We've gone, I mean, we've gone this long. Yeah. You know?
1: So And we'll the, the, let me just say the pandemic doesn't end just because you're sick of it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Although I am looking forward to socially distanced Halloween. So, yes, socially distanced Halloween. I, I, one of the girls I used to work with showed me a video that somebody had made a chute to go from their house down the steps to the sidewalk so that they could put the candy like down the chute. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, And I was like, I'm not building any, I'm not building a chute. Like, I'll throw, I'll throw candy out the window. That would be fun. I thought
1: like a shoot like uh, like a slide and I'm yeah. like I'm like like for a human I'm talking about. I'm like that uh, uh, uh. I'm like that sounds fantastic, but it's just a shoot for candy. Um <laughs> they're going to play shoots and ladders actually. <laughs> nice, that's fantastic. I mean, if you're going to do that, just leave like a bowl of candy out. <laughs> exactly i don't but you know
0: what i don't get trick-or-treaters
1: anyway i don't i don't either which so i love getting i love trick-or-treaters that's like my favorite I thing i love seeing all the kids and stuff but that's all right i've got some kids locally that i'll give some candy to and some kids in my life that i will fill with sugar because that's what figures do uh- <laughs> <laughs> all right all right so- bubble Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Your thanks. And remember, you can check us out on Pod. That's our Instagram handle and our Twitter handle and Biopsychosocial on our, a podcast on our Facebook page.
0: We hope to see you there. See you there. Know. All right. right. Be excellent to each other and we love you and vote, 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 vote. Yes, please vote. I mean, so so many of you already have. So thank you if you already have, but definitely vote. Make a plan and vote. And we love you. We love you.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: so what's going on over there me you're sc- you scooching around oh sorry yeah <laughs> have you met have we met yes